I want to start this podcast because I believe it's important to see different perspectives. I'm really doing this for the career changer that may think it's too late or that they're too senior. And I'm also doing this for the college student who wants to get into this field, but only has the academic experience and not necessarily the life experience. Just know your story is unique to you and that is important and needed in this world. What's up, Go-Getters? Welcome to Get Into It Podcast. My name is Jay Amanda. I'm a UX researcher, international psychology student, mama, and so much more. I leverage my experience in corporate America, interesting stories from my personal life, and academia to deep dive into complex topics such as culture and tech from a psychological standpoint all while trying to balance everything successfully. All right, let's get into it. What's up, Go-Getters? It's your host, Jay Amanda. Thank you for being here. Today is so special because it's launch day. That's right. February 16th, 2021 marks the very first day of this adventure, and I am so glad that you're here on this journey with me. Okay, random. Why is it more motivating to see a fit person work out than a heavier person clearly making progress and weight loss? Hmm. So watching fit people work out And we want to look like them the next day when we could simply just put in the time and work to be the best versions of ourselves. Groundbreaking. (laughs) Y'all let me know what you think about this. Are you guilty or no? I know I am. I'm just wondering. Okay, let's get into it. So today's topic is why I got into tech. And as you may have heard in the intro episode, I mentioned that I was always interested in technology, but I was intimidated and discouraged to even be in this field. I did not see women or people that looked like me in a technology role. And I honestly thought that this was for middle-aged corny white men that told dad jokes and always wore polos and khakis. I had no idea of the possibilities that were available to me being a technologist or a creative for that matter. Growing up in the South, being creative was not encouraged. Neither was embracing your blackness, more so suppressing and being as white as possible to increase the chances of a smooth journey through life, right? That was the belief. As if speaking in proper English translates to how intelligent you are. Hmm. And I didn't know that that was a white thing. I thought it was just proper English, but that's another thing. <laughs> Anywho, I was a kid that had an eclectic taste in music, clothes, and literature. When I learned to read, I loved reading everything. I'd read adventure books, science fiction, mysteries, anything that had a brown person in it, which was hard to find at that time, and books about building things. Oh, and I love books. I love books about being a spy. For the longest, I wanted to be, kind of still do, a private spy. 
or a sniper. Look, don't judge me. These were reputable careers. And I watched a lot of movies that made me want to go work for the government and get the bad guys. So hush, don't look like that. Just hush and listen. (laughs) Yeah. So I was the kid in English class. I even wrote a paper about how I wanted to be a sniper. And I remember this guy named Kevin said that I would probably grow up to be a window washer. Y'all, that that was so sad. Like I laughed at the moment when it happened, but that was so rude. I think it was just part of being a part of the Memphis City School System when I started to go. You know, I mean, it's neither here nor there, but it's definitely funny now. Anyway, so you know what helped me read the best? having the cereal box of like apple bits or pops in front of me and trying to phonetically sound out every word that I did not know or didn't understand. I've always been and still am a multi-passionate, basically a person with a lot of passions and really want to do it all. The issue with that is not many people understand us. <laughs> they want us to stay in one lane and not venture off into anything that's risky. Meanwhile, when we see risk, it moves our soul and we're jumping at the first opportunity, always. So as a little kid, man, I loved Legos. By the way, Lego, if you're listening to any podcast, no matter what year this is, contact me. I'd love a sponsorship. <laughs> So I was the kid that took everything that wasn't supposed to be taken apart, I took it apart. And I usually put it back together with some improvements, but I was free to do that. Today is so special to launch this on this particular day because it's Big Mama's 105th birthday. My great-grandparents, Big Mama and Papa, allowed for me to explore and try pretty much anything that I took up an interest in. I think mainly because I grew up as an only child, which come to find out that's not true, but that's another episode (laughs) and my father wasn't around. But I used to draw for hours the things that I wanted to dismantle and then see what it would look like after I put them back together. A few things I thought of actually came from watching Looney Tunes. I was infatuated with automation and the why behind people's actions. I had no idea years later that I would be doing the two things that I love. I remember hmm, going into, oh man, yep, I'm about to tell my age. (laughs) I remember going into a goldsmith's with Big Mama and Grandma Pearl, walking around and wondering why the clothes racks had no rubber ends on them. And why were they the same height as a nine-year-old's eye level? Death on a rack is what it was. I cannot tell you how many times I ran into those things. And I was just walking. I was very clumsy child. My my favorite part of Goldsmiths was the area before the gift wrapping with all the beautiful china. It was heaven. Forget the toy store. I wanted to look at the different types of china, touch the designs, look at the hand-sculpted glassware, and then break them. (laughs) Now, I was a good kid. I never got in trouble. Well, not really. Not like trouble, trouble. But I was destructive. I really was. And I was actually encouraged by Big Mama to be an engineer. 
since she knew that I was not going to be a doctor or a piano player for the church <laughs> like she wanted me to be. She was a bit fearful, though, when I told her I wanted to be a psychologist. And now it makes sense due to the history of unethical experiments done on the Black population for centuries. The community is not too trusting and rightfully so. So I grew up thinking that I literally was about to be an engineer when I grew up. Until ninth grade, calculus, whole calculus was my enemy. I was barely skating by in math and science, even though I love science. Damn learning differences. <laughs> if I'd known then what I know now, but it's cool, it's cool. It's all for a reason. I remember this was, <laughs> he was a very interesting, eccentric, nonchalant, blunt math teacher by the name of Mr. Chu. <laughs> Back then, you could tell a student they were stupid and nothing happened. But I mean, to my defense, I gave up in that class a long time ago. But one day I was brave enough, I asked Mr. Chu what I needed to take to be an engineer, and he literally laughed in my face. Not like a ha-ha, but like a lean back, hold your stomach type of laugh. Would I tell you, this guy was extra, definitely extra. But I wasn't offended because I knew that was just his way. Then again, it may be just Memphis thing. I think we just have thick skin. I'm not for sure. Who knows? But I had no idea uh, what I was supposed to do. Like I knew that I wanted to be an engineer and I figured the math teacher would help me. Most of my teachers were blunt and I appreciate that to this day. Um, I, I, I really like that, to be honest with you. But after laughing at me, <laughs> he did tell me what classes I should take and um, that it was going to be math heavy. And I knew if I was working hard now and I was still getting D's, there was no way that I can do this in college. So thankfully, I did grade in all my other subjects and I had teachers to give me extra work just so I could graduate high school. I was smart, but again, the work did not reflect that at all. When I started college, I went to the closest school that was the furthest away from Memphis. Big Mama wanted me to go to University of Memphis and offered to pay for it. Man, I really should have took that deal. But I really wanted to get away, too, at the same time. <laughs> After rotating through seven, yes, seven majors within two years of being at my first college, I was trying to avoid math. I was trying to make relatives actually say that they were proud of me. Doing all of that, time just got away from me. Big Mama started to get sick. And the last time I left school to visit her in the hospital for Christmas break, that's when she passed away. Honestly, after that, there was really no reason for me to stay in Tennessee. Everyone that passed away, um, they were the ones that showed me support and love. So I left. I had a few friends that lived in Atlanta and said that I should probably come live there. <laughs> I was like, hmm. Okay, it's not like I have anything else to do, uh, but I was scared to move there. I was super scared to move to Atlanta, not because I was going to be alone, but I had relatives that said constantly that Atlanta was Sodom and Gomorrah. And after being the good Christian that I was, nah, son, <laughs> why would I even go there? 
but I did it anyway. Stayed there a few years and I was around people. Oh man, I was so blessed. I was around people who were involved in music and was focused in technology and computer science. That was my first dose of seeing people that looked like me in technology. I still fought it though. I was still searching for what I wanted to do and where I fit. Fast forward four years in Atlanta and I came back to Memphis, started a family, worked in corporate America and quickly realized that was not for me, mostly due to the time commitment and the heavy glass ceiling that was always over my head. I cannot tell you how many times I walked into work and was met with people immediately pulling me to the side to prepare me for some shitstorm that I was about to walk in. Or the many times that I would create a contract for a client and they'd see me in person and ask for the manager. <laughs> As if a black woman can't speak in a manner that convinced you over the phone to take our business. Or the many, many times that I had to not only stick up for myself, but stick up for others who didn't even look like me just because they didn't have the courage to do it for themselves. Y'all, corporate got really stressful and I cannot operate in a space where I'm not thriving, where I'm not valued, and where I'm simply just tolerated. So I had several jobs after that. I even tried, <laughs> I even tried a few MLMs. And probably scared people away thinking I was inviting them into a cult. But no, no, I was just trying to show you a new way to travel. I don't know. <laughs> but once I was faced with the decision yet again, what I was going to do for a career, how could I thrive? What am I going to do? I wanted to ensure that I was this time being intentional. I wanted to make sure that I was contributing to the household. And I wanted to make sure that I was depositing into myself. The two constants that have always been important to me in a career was psychology and technology. So I decided to take a risk. <laughs> I enrolled in a 12-month boot camp where I would study um, UX and UI, which is user experience design and front-end development. And during that time, I decided to enroll back into graduate school for international psychology, which is user design research, studying cultures, and plan intervention on a global scale, basically. I absolutely love it. <laughs> I get to bring all that I've experienced in the workplace and my intimate experience as a Black Indigenous woman transversing through technology and psychology. I just simply get to be me. I'm allowed to empathize with others and get paid to do that just because it's a part of the job description. I want to start this podcast because I believe it's important to see different perspectives, right? I'm doing this for the career changer. They may think it's too late or they're too senior. And I also want to do this for the college student who wants to get in this field but has no real life experience, just the academic experience. But no, your story is unique to you. And that's important. That's needed in this world. It's great to follow people that have made it. My God, I know I do. I love watching the people that I admire. But it's also imperative to experience the journey with someone who hasn't quite made it there yet. Now, I focus on my career and research. I love, love, love design, but my heart is in the research behind the design. 
it goes back to that nine-year-old Jessica that wanted to know why people do the things that they do and what's the motivation behind it. So that's my story on how I got here and it's still unraveling. I want to leave you with just a little mental tip. And if you're thinking, why is she sharing so much of her personal story? (laughs) Simply put, everything is a psychology. There's even a psychology in storytelling. When humans share emotional experiences, our listeners can benefit by relating to the story and the story becomes more concrete. This in turn accelerates behavior change. The beauty in emotional storytelling is that everyone has a story, but how we decide to share it is up to us. Now we all can design experience. You don't have to be in tech to do that, right? You never know how many lives you just saved by simply being brave enough and open enough to share your story. Your story can create spaces for the voices that feel they have no place in this world. A lot of times, my story, I kept to myself because that's just how I was raised. What happens in the house stays in the house. That doesn't always work, loves. (laughs) It doesn't. People need to hear your story. And what you went through is important. It's valid. So I leave you with that. And I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Until next time. Thank you so much for listening to Get Into It Podcast. I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. Make sure you subscribe, comment, and share with others. Also, make sure you follow us on social media, IG, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Let me know what you thought of today's podcast. I upload episodes every week on Tuesdays. Until then, peace, love, and light. Go get us.